Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lydia Tarth, hyphen post on Tumblr, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Guile? Hi, I'm Guile. I tweet at Door Podcast on Twitter. And Clotho. Hi, I'm Clotho Spindle. You can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. Welcome back, everyone. We are covering Game of... Th- oh, not Game of Thrones. A Clash of Kings, Tyrion 9. I read the wrong I chapter. Say, it's about to take a turn. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone backwards. Oh. Guess what? We're going to redo the Tyrion chapters from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is your spoiler warning for any first-time listeners. This podcast spoils everything, including the A Song of Ice and Fire books and potentially the Game of Thrones TV series. Also, got to throw in a trigger warning for this episode. Um, There will uh, be rape discussion. Um, So this chapter opens up um, with everyone seeing Marcella off to Dorne. She has a galley of three ships. Um, the one she'll be going on is the King Robert's Hammer. Um, and Cersei kind of insisted on these ships. And Tyrion is caught between thinking it's too much. You know, their forces are already pretty weak. But also he thinks he's got to get her to Dorne safely to cement the alliance. Um, Did you notice that one of the other ships was the Lady Lyanna? Yes. <laughs> Rob, Robert, you dog. <laughs> No wonder Cersei really hated him. <laughs> so Tyrion observing the work being done on his winch towers, um, he hopes Stannis will stay his attack until they are complete. He observes Marcella receiving blessings from the fat high septon, and Tyrion's annoyed at his long-windedness. After it's all done, he joins Cersei and Lancel on the docks, and he's quite proud of himself as he observes her making eyes at Lancel, and, um, you know, he's, he knows he's got Lancel <laughs> in his back pocket. And he also has learned from Lancel that uh, she's basically, well, we're assuming at this point he, she's fucking the kettle blacks. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> I think and I, lo- I, I love after this where Tyrion's like uh congratulating himself on how like oh Cersei thinks she has the kettle blacks in her pocket but haha I actually got them and like the joke is that of course Littlefinger owns them first and foremost like how many people were those kettle blacks getting paid by like at everybody they're making back and as far as we know you know Varys is the ultimate you know oh, he could yeah. be the ultimate <laughs> But I'm sure they gave all their money to charity, so it's okay. <laughs> they seem like great guys. Yeah, right. Sure Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's this part where Tolman cries, and then Joffrey tells him he's sent some Aww. muse like a Aww. sucking pig. 
and Sansa defends Tommen, citing the Targaryen princes who throughout history have known to be criers. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell me Rhaegar wasn't a crier, right? Oh, like, gosh. Super crier. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I just love it when Sansa can't resist these little just like moments of defiance, you know? She's just like, I'm actually... <laughs> the saltiness comes out. And I think it's, you know, it's very sweet that the way that she's, you know, she pretty consistently defends Tom. And, you know, we've already seen her defend him, I think, when he was jousting or, you know, like trying to learn to joust and stuff. And, you know, it's there's something in her that, you know, definitely is going to kind of stand for the underdog. Yeah. And like, can we just maybe point out to how actually courageous this is to do something like this? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage. To say something like that to this, right? I mean, it's like is Joffrey, right? It's not like Joffrey's going to be, oh, that's right. And you know, Tommen's only eight. I probably should be more reasonable. Like, no, <laughs> Joffrey's never going to make a comment like you know, mm-hmm. like that. So um, they ride back through the crowd, and it's tense to say the least. Um, and then probably like the most horrible part in this book is when you have this woman who brings her dead infant. And uh, she holds it in front of Cersei. And Cersei kind of just, I guess, is a bit flippant. Like, oh, leave her. She's too far <sighs> gone. And then the woman just snaps and, like, starts calling Cersei a whore and a brother fucker. And it's everything about that passage was just, like, I had a hard time with that. Something is seriously wrong with Cersei. Like, we all know this, but just to say it again, something is wrong with Cersei's brain. Like, the, just the fact that even a, you know, a dead baby doesn't move her, even yeah. the slightest, it's just so horrible well and i love how again sansa like like joffrey's like <laughs> like ready to be really cruel to the woman and sansa like whispers something to him clearly tells him give her some money you know you idiot oh god and it bounces off <laughs> yeah so he tries to give her a coin and it just like falls on the. but i mean it's like you know sansa again like just you know the smart move of you know hey maybe maybe it would be better to placate this woman rather than you know and he can't even, he doesn't even have the sense to do that, even try to, I don't even know if there's even a way to do that appropriately, but he can't even try to do it appropriately. He just has no... Yeah, I mean, I guess it'd be to give it to one of the social. king's guard to, you know, or no, one of the you gold know what, what if, to give it you give know, to her. would have done it, and if he had any kind of intelligence, he would have got off his horse, he would have handed the woman a big pouch of money, or like, did something kind, you know? Yeah. Even if it was disingenuous, it might have placated the crowd. When she yeah. starts yelling at Cersei, I just think of you know that scene from The Princess Bride where Buttercup's <laughs> dreaming and they, she's the queen of garbage. You're garbage. Like, this reminds me of that. I, I think maybe it was just to like take away the horror of what Bow actually was happening. Garbage. Like, you know, it's interesting too. She calls her Kingslayer's whore, and I think that's the yeah. only other person gets called the parallel there of the you know oh, repetition I mean, of the Kingslayer's accurate. <laughs> Oh God! And the brother fucker. You just don't hear brother fucker a lot. It's oh, a good one, really isn't it? <laughs> it's a real it's good fun. slander. It really is. It's a lot of bite. <laughs> it's better than motherfucker. <laughs> really, it kind of is. So I mean, what at this point has Joffrey? I'm trying to think. Has he heard the rumors yet? At this point. Or is it, will this be his first time where he's like confronted with being called a, a bastard? And does he ever get confronted? Well, I, or, I mean, they're telling him. <laughs> I mean, 
does Ned? God, I can't believe I don't know this. Does Ned? Yeah, I, know. I don't in the, like uh, before. He, you know, does Ned say that before? Um, Littlefinger betrays him and stuff. Yeah, I don't think he ever does really. Like, I don't think there's a scene like there was in the show where you know he kind of confronts. There's nothing like that. Like, I don't think, right? Cersei and. I'm sure we'll get mail. Let us know if we. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got that far. (laughs) But I kind of love this moment. The nice thing about this is like George has really been working toward this the whole book. You know, I mean, like we had the incident of Joffrey you know, shooting some of the small folk with his crossbow from on top of a gate and all that sort of garbage. And it's just like, they're dead. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, like everybody's starving. Like what, what do you expect? I mean, there's kind of almost a miscalculation that they even went to see Marcella like this at all, you know, to see her off. Oh yeah. They expose themselves to, you know, to what was likely to turn into a really bad situation. Well, it's yeah, really exactly. not reading the crowd very well, is it? <laughs> and I mean, the fact that they're only, I mean, I guess they can't use art, <laughs> they're like armored carriages or something, but you think it's just crazy that they're just riding horses through a crowd. It's just nuts. Well, being to think subtle about, you know. about it and like <laughs> squirreling her away in the middle of the night would have been much more intelligent. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the thing, like Tyrion's going to all this trouble of sending her to Bravos, and I'm like, why are you publicly sending her anywhere? I mean, it might oh, give yeah. you know, Stannis just enough of a chance to try to catch her. That's I mean, you realize yeah. what he's doing is sending them north from here and over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they've got to have secret tunnels. Like, we know they do. They have secret tunnels that go to some kind of, like, they'd have a little inlet or something, you know, deep enough for some boats, and they could have... Yeah. But then George right wouldn't way. have gotten to write this scene, and that was the yeah. point, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the script. <laughs> really well, and I think you because of the way that George, like, tells you every single person that's there and exactly where they're positioned. Oh, yeah. 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 I I noticed that the setup. It kind of speaks to their isolation from, you know, their relative isolation from the suffering of the people of the city, too. Like, they're not even thinking, like, oh, yeah, we probably, you know, people are going to be pissed. (laughs) Like, they're thinking, like, oh, look at our beautiful princess and princess. And, you know, know. all we have to do is look at the current administration. I'm always saying, are they really this stupid? And, yeah, they're just really so rich and stupid, they don't get that people hate them. So. Well, I mean, it sounds like yeah. treasonous talk there, Clotho. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, a goddamn patriot. <laughs> the FBI in your, in your webcam aren't watching. Right now. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's kind of like a fundamental, I, I guess, just misread of the political situation here. And, you know, you kind of have to have a feeling that this is a lesson that Tyrion needs to learn for the future at some point. You know, it's kind of like that that. French Revolution thing of, you know, as soon as mothers can't feed their children, you're going to have a, yeah. a major uprising on your hands. Oh, so, yeah, things really <laughs> get going when someone flings <laughs> shit at Joffrey's face. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Joffrey starts fuming, then he offers a 100 gold dragons for the culprit. He orders the hound to bring the man to him. And Tyrion tells Sander to just leave it, and the man has long since fled. And then you hear shouts of bastard and more brother fuckers and freak. And um, there's even cries for, you know, King Rob, King Stannis, King Renly. But the greatest demand from the crowd is for bread. 
and Tyrion yells to Cersei back to the castle now. Sir Mandon slashes at hands, trying to grab Joffrey. The party pushes through the crowd, and it's pure chaos. Men are pulled from their horses, women are pulled from their horses, people are being trampled, and they just take off, they make it to the gates. It's Tyrion, Joffrey, Sir Mandon, Cersei, Tommen, and Lancel who make it through. And then there is Sir Boris, Marin, and Balon, um, as well as Lady Tanda, who is half crazed with fear for her daughter Lawless, um, who was knocked off and left behind. And we have Lord Giles. Is it Giles or Giles? Giles. <laughs> I think it's Giles. Giles. Um, he stammers out uh, that he had seen the High Septon spilled from his litter. Um, <laughs> Tyrion pushes his way over to Joffrey, who is babbling excitedly. And I just pick this little bit here. I'll have all their heads. I'll... The dwarf slapped his flush face so hard the crown flew from Joffrey's head. Then he shoved him with both hands and knocked him sprawling. You blind, bloody fool. They were traitors, Joffrey squealed from the ground. They called me names and attacked me. You set your dog on them. What did you imagine they would do? Bend the knee meekly while the hound lopped off some limbs? You spoiled, witless little boy. You've killed Clegane and God's know how many more. And yet you come through unscathed. Damn you. And he kicked him. It felt so good he might have done more. <laughs> but Sir Mandon Moore pulled him off as Joffrey howled. And then Bronn was there to take him in hand. Cersei knelt over her son while Sir Balon Swan restrained Sir Lancel. Tyrion wrenched free of Bronn's grip. How many are still out there? He shouted to one and everyone. No one and everyone. Uh, god i mean like it's like (laughs) i don't love that Tyrion just gets pissed and then goes and beats up joffrey but on the other hand like (laughs) god if joffrey just could have like you know like like put up with having the shit thrown at him this wouldn't have happened like it was a tense situation but they probably would have gotten through it it's like his insistence on finding whoever threw the shit causes the whole thing to go just you know Pear-shaped. I, I, oh God, Joffrey! It just it's, feels it's a pity so, we only got to see yeah. him die once. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good, you know, it was a, a, pot, a good death, like nice and gruesome. We kind of get to relive it from Cersei, a couple, you know, a little bit, which is always fun. <laughs> I felt so bad for Tanda in this passage, oh. like just knowing what happened to Lollies and just oh, oh God, <sighs> like her fear is. Like, for whatever reason, her fear is really palpable to me in, in that passage. Yeah, well, and so is Tyrion's. I mean, here, Tyrion's, like, looking for Sansa, and he's like, shit, they're going to kill Jaime. There's nothing, you know, Yeah. We've, we've got no leverage left. And, and, and I mean, yeah, and obviously Sander's looking for oh, Stranger, yeah. which, you know, <laughs> gets to me. Oh, yeah, no, I felt that, too, on a deep level. <laughs> and, and it must have been bad at the fact that um Tyrion actually considered that Sander might have been killed. Yeah. You know, that was a pretty nasty crowd. And he didn't have his horse, you know, because I think Stranger was running alongside them for a bit, so. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, he did an excellent job of describing, uh, like, I don't want to say I loved it, but just that, I don't know, he added little touches like Joffrey running his hand through his curls with this shit, because it's something you do. If something hits your face and there's mess in yeah. there, you do that. I love little touches like that he put in, and it's always, you know. Fun to see. Not everybody else get hurt, but it's fun to see Joffrey, like you said, get his comeuppance. <laughs> Some yeah. way. 
Just, ugh, I can't imagine wiping human feces from your hair. <laughs> I really can't a lot you, having you children. I feel like you could imagine that. happened to you? <laughs> not yet. Vomit, but not human feces. <laughs> See, now it's going to happen. We should have jigged you. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll probably happen tomorrow. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be like, damn them. <laughs> I'll just laugh. <laughs> And then pop a Mentos. And then run your, run your hand <laughs> through curls. And your... <laughs> so, yeah, in the confusion, it's Tyrion who, as Chicky mentioned, is the only one who realizes that Sansa missing, is missing. And immediately he's just like full of dread thinking of, you know, losing Jamie. And um, Joffrey seems undisturbed that Sansa's missing, as does her guard, <sighs> Mandon Moore. Yeah, the um, Kingsguard are just pricks in this whole oh chapter. Gosh, they're horrible. They're useless. Oh my god. Yeah. Did a really well, good it's like job. Like the of- only ones worth anything died <laughs> in this oh, moment. Yeah. 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 Uh anyway, Moore claims that his first thought was of Joffrey and Cersei replies, rightly so. <laughs> <laughs> and then she commands Sir um Boris and Marin to go find Sansa, and Sir Boris bulks at the idea, telling them that their white cloaks will enrage the crowd. <laughs> And then Tyrion loses it on the night, and Cersei <laughs> tells him to do his bid, or they'll find someone else to wear the white cloak. Ah, this bit was really kind of interesting, because you actually have Cersei backing up Tyrion. Yeah. It was surprising. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's that moment of, you know, when that, it's survival. Yeah, and she's making that same calculus as Tyrion is, which, you know, Sansa's death equals Jamie's death. Jamie's death, yeah. Right. Well, the same page with this. <laughs> it's at that moment that Joffrey spots the hound with Sansa holding on to him. Um, he had saved her from the crowd, cutting off the arm of a man who tried to pull her down. He reports that Santagar is dead, and he tells Lady Tanda he never saw Lawless. Mm. He is concerned about his horse. Uh, there's shouts of fires erupting from the city, and Tyrion orders Bronn to take as many men as needed. He also orders the Hound out with him, and we get a Tyrion glimpses a bit of fear in Sanders' eyes, and uh, he says he will, but not by Tyrion's orders. He wants his horse. <laughs> Tyrion tells the three remaining knights of the King's Guard to command the people into their homes. No one is to be allowed out. At after nightfall. Sir Marin resists. Cersei backs up Tyrion's command. And, um, oh, <laughs> she, I think she says, go naked for all I care. <laughs> uh-huh. She did. So when Tyrion gets back to the Tower of the Hand, he tells Shaga to guard Shay. And then by nightfall, the fires are contained and most of the mobs have dispersed. The dead include the High Septon, Sir Preston, Sir Aaron Santagar, and poor Lawless was raped many times, found naked wandering on, um, is it Scrub Valley, Scrub Valley Row. There is also nine, nine gold cloaks that were killed and two score of wounded, and no one troubled to count how many common folk had been killed. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, of the whole problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, this was, I mean, like, very well written chapter, right? I mean, like, everything about the way that the the action goes is great. But yeah, like, kind of like the, yeah, but the when you kind of sum it all up at the end, it's just kind of like, ugh, like, there's just no good in it. You're just like, oh, God, this is horrific. And, you know, I don't know what 
you know, Tyrion or the Crown can actually do at this point. I mean, they're doing the one thing they can do, which is really to, you know, try to get an alliance with the Tyrells. You know, that solves mm-hmm. the food problem. That solves, you know, I mean, that basically it really solves the food problem. So, I mean, they're kind of working on a solution here, but. Yeah, you know, well, and then, of course, there's you know, the coming the Stannis problem. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, yeah, so it's he just, mentions, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. The fire, not wanting it to reach the, the guild. Yeah. Alchemist guild. Oh, that's another one I forgot to mention, too, is Tyric Lannister is missing. Oh, yeah. The wet nurse. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And a thousand different theories were born. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I thought it was just interesting where he was like, oh, you know, he's my Uncle Tiggett, who was always good to me, his son, so... So it seems that, you know, it's kind of funny. You see that, you know, we know Jerrion and now Tiggett kind of had, like, decent relationships with Tyrion. And Jenna obviously had enough of a relationship to, like, actually know his character pretty well. So, like, you know, I could, you know, again, on the list of books from George I'd rather have than, you know, Targaryen histories, the recent past of Casterly Rock would go right up there, you know. <laughs> yeah. Tywin and his siblings, you know, that story. Like, I think sure. yeah. learning about the Lannister family would be really fun. <laughs> like, starting with, yeah. you know, Gerald and Rohan and then moving down. Like, oh my god, who oh, yeah. wouldn't buy that shit? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. But oh well. <laughs> but oh. So, um, Bywater tells Tyrion that he's not sure how long they can control the city, and the guards are that they have now are full of brutes, cravens, sots, and traitors. They're loyal to their own skin, and if it comes to battle, they will not hold. He also tells Tyrion his family is hated, and him most of all. The people think that he is the one corrupting Joffrey, and that times were better with King Robert. He's filled the city with swaggering swords and unwashed savages. He exiled Janice Slint because he was too honest and he's likely, um, and oh, and the people also sympathize with poor gentle Pycelle who he threw into a cell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Pycelle actually, you know, Pycelle's only, Pycelle wasn't doing anything wrong to the people, to be perfectly fair here. He just wasn't aligned with Tyrion personally. <laughs> like, <laughs> just gentle like Pycelle. Just like, <laughs> right, I mean, I know, but it's like, you know, Pycelle's not some bad guy. He just wasn't, he was just a guy not on Tyrion's side. And it's not like Tyrion is, you know, super good, right? Yeah. Did we ever get at any point some kind of, um, I guess, alluding to the maybe Cersei doing like, some kind of slander campaign against Tyrion, or is this just the people picking up on how ugly Tyrion is? And I think this is that. just, yeah, just the deep prejudice of the people. I mean, I don't yeah. even know if Cersei would, I mean, have the wherewithal to think of yeah, that. Doesn't he say, too, like, you know, the people know the Queen's never been their champion. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she she's, you know, they're not fans of hers, but, you yeah. know, she's beautiful, and you know, uh, kind of been there long enough that they don't expect anything like new horrible stuff from her. <laughs> Little, yeah, and I kind of took it as George kind of underscore. <laughs> I kind of took it as George underscoring, you know, Tyrion's, you know, his uh, the dwarfism that he would, you know, be the people would just see that, not him, and kind of bringing that home to him. And mm. I love like his initial like incredulity about it. Me. Like, he can't believe that they blame him. Yeah. 
And like, I mean, oh, but it's just, yeah, it's just more of the same, you know, where just Tyrion just gets the shit end of every stick. And he does. I mean, like, this does suck. I mean, he's done nothing but try. And I mean, it's not like he's doing a ton for the small folk, but he's not necessarily trying to hurt them or anything. You know, he's right. I mean, he's trying to do the, the greater good here, you know, right. trying to work that direction. They've tried to build, you know, two solid alliances with Dorne and with the Tyrells and, you know, working on defense of the city against Stannis. So, you know, pretty solid. The only thing I suppose they could have done different was to uh, actually trade Sansa for Jamie and get Rob out of it, but that doesn't really help them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that helps the food situation. Not right, that. It, it doesn't yeah. even really help the war situation. Now, do they have stores? Do they ever indicate like the King's Land? I mean, they're obviously eating well, but I mean, I guess it wouldn't be enough to feed a whole city. <laughs> no. Uh, th- yeah, I think they talk about in an earlier chapter, is it, I think it's, uh, from, from Lady Tanda's lands that they're yeah. getting a lot of it. Okay. Just the crown lands are supplying, like, okay. the, the Red Keep, at least, with supplies. It doesn't sound like Tyrion had a fat, greasy capon that he was eating. Yeah. So, pronounce it. so I mean, clearly they're eating. Yeah. Like, yeah. Chataya talked about not being able to get good wine, but I mean, she could get wine. So, yeah, yeah you hear Jason Bywater talking about the fact, you know, it's like, like not only can they not get food with coppers, they can't even buy food with silvers yeah. in the city now. So it's like Jeez. even, so, like, even so you know, the middle class, the merchant class, yeah, are suffering. Jeez. So, I mean, he's, I, I think he's kind of cool, you know, whatever else aside, I mean, it's kind of cool that he's actually, you know, decent enough to give to lay it all out and say, here's the truth, that here's how people feel about you and... Seems like he has some sort of integrity going on. Yeah, he's Jason one guy. Yeah, water, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. totally he does. He's one guy you want in your administration. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you can say this for Tyrion. He is at least, you know, there are many people in power that we encounter throughout the series who um, can't bear to be told the truth by underlings, and that's not Tyrion. I mean, you know, <laughs> they they know they can tell him, you know, hey, here's yeah. the reality. They fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your chicken. I, I, I also thought it was kind of interesting how before he started talking about it, it sort of seemed that it was set up that Tyrion was having problems getting Shaga or anybody to listen to him. Somebody, you know, they were drunk. They didn't want nobody wanted to help. They were kind of yawning. You know, he can't get them organized. And then he goes to his room and Bywater tells him, oh, and they see your, you know, they see your kind of ruffians going around the city sort of doing things in, t- in a sense like, you know, some people are, I guess, you know, getting into fights, these kinds of things and terrorizing people. Um, I think that was nice that he put that in because that's problematic for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems cool at first. Like when you read it, you're like, oh, it's cool. He's got these, you know, warrior guys fighting for him. But there's a little bit of a chaotic situation well, there. Yeah, they're like the sailors, you know, in New York City, right? Like they're, <laughs> yeah. they're in the big city yeah. Yeah, for the first time. <laughs> oh. Shanking people in alleys and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's a really good invocation of, you know, um, you know, what you see a lot in any society, which is you can get this terrible reaction to the other. And yeah. Tyrion is other. Tyrion's, you know, what are they? Mountain clans people are other to everybody in the city. And so, of course, he's just kind of getting this reputation as the problem, you know, basically build a wall, put Tyrion on the other side of it with all of his mountain clans is what's happening. Yeah, seems familiar somehow. <laughs> kind of. It's 
Although I will say in this case, they are like legitimately doing some violent things in some of the scenes. Or like, are they like biting off There's ears? Some bad There's some bad home in this crew. So is that what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> so like, I don't think it's all stereotyping in their case. No, but like so much. It's just yeah, it, it, he's just tapping into a very human thing, which yeah. is people are so willing to hate anyone different. Okay. You know, it's interesting if you think Tyrion's going to be coming back to King's Landing, you know, with a bunch of Dothraki and the Unsullied, you know, like, huh. wonder if you, you know, just will, think will I you had, learned anything. Yeah, Bill, you think I had others before? Check me out yeah. now. <laughs> himself even physically, like, less attractive without the nose this time around, you know? Yeah. This was before, oh man. <laughs> Full on demon monkey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So we close the chapter with um, Varys and Bronn and Tyrion having a bit of an exchange. And Bronn comes in to finish off Tyrion's uneaten chicken. And um, Bronn makes a suggestion. Uh, so it says here, he thrusts his fingers inside the capon and tore off a handful of breast. The weepy one, Tommen, seems like he'd do whatever he was told, as a good king should. <laughs> A chill crept down Tyrion's spine as he realized what the cell sword was hinting at. If Tommen was king, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> That's pretty brazen. Yeah, I mean, jo- you know, think about if, you know, think about in this moment if Joffrey would have died, you know, if Joffrey would have gotten killed in the bread riots. You know, you mm. have him being killed in a way that Tyrion really can't be blamed for. You, know, you probably still get the Tyrell alliance with you know, with Marjorie and Tommen a little bit earlier, and, um, you know, you have Cersei really defanged at this point to a certain extent because Tywin's still alive. Like, honestly, everyone would have been so much better off, or at least all the Lannisters would have been so much better off if Joffrey would have gotten killed. Yeah. I wonder if Sansa would yeah. have stayed put, too. Mm, I don't say. think so. I mean... Well, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it's it, you know, it's one of those. It's kind of like, oh, if something had gone different for Rob, what would have happened? It's a, it's an interesting what if. It's too bad. Uh, I mean, I'm like imagining Santa and Tom as a couple. I've never heard. I don't think I've heard that one. <laughs> and the, you know, like Littlefinger is still going to be agitating things behind the scenes. So it seems like you know he'd obviously still have a vested interest in getting Sansa out. So. Mm. Yeah, she wouldn't mm. last there long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is so interesting though in that in that moment how it's so much Jamie that you know makes it impossible for Tyrion to think about actually killing Joffrey. Yeah, that uh, it is Jamie that's Jamie's that's, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Fun. I'm always like. <laughs> Why, why is he surprised that Bronn said this to him? I mean, he just saw Tyrion beat the shit out of Joffrey. Yeah. I mean, like, it shouldn't come as a shock that someone might suggest that to him. Well, but. beating the shit out of someone and killing them are <laughs> kind of a big gap. I don't know how big a gap. I mean, like, especially if you realize, I mean, as everyone around does, how much Joffrey's the problem. I mean, Tyrion was thinking earlier, like, like he was looking at Cersei and going, why doesn't she realize how much of a problem he is? Oh, yeah. Well, any parting shots? I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> it was nice not to have to deal with uh, Tyrion's personal life. 
Yeah, that was a little break. <laughs> the violence was a nice break. Yeah. <laughs> the violence was a very nice sexist. break. <laughs> yep. The violence was enough, a nice break from the cunnilingus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I don't think we have mail, do we tonight? We don't. I checked all. I checked uh, Tumblr, Gmail, and what you know, a I, pity! What <laughs> a pity! Send us some. <laughs> you can rectify that by sending us mail <laughs> at <laughs> close segue. the door and at gmail dot com or close the door and come here dot tumblr dot com. You can also follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please consider supporting this podcast on Patreon. If you can't do that, you can certainly like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen. Um, that'll be it. Closing the door. Get out.